Episode 28, Season 3 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. My name's Jav. Joining me this week, Greg Taylor from Brazil. Otaji to the mundo. Um, hi, Greg. Um, it's, a, it's just a two-man pod this week, so we shall crack on um, with uh, today's game. Um, another three points, another win at home. Um, White Hart Lane's becoming quite a fortress. And at the, in the last season there as well, it, it's, it's kind of apt, isn't it? Yeah, um, it's it, it certainly is. I think is it nine or, or nine consecutive wins now at home? Nine, nine now. They were saying on the what I because when I watch it, what I do is I watch it on TV over here on ESPN, and I saw our Portuguese commentary. And as soon as that's finished, I whip onto Mobdro and I can watch the Sky One or the BT Sport or whatever pundits talking about it. And um, they they were t- saying on there that it was that it was nine wins in a row now, which it, which is a record, I believe. Yeah. And I, I think psychology that that's psychologically that's that's gonna that's gonna help us. I mean, the same way that everybody goes on about Wembley being being difficult well white heart lane is is really it's it's yeah it, it's been a fortress this season i think psychologically that helps um today's game um i i was at the match um and um the as i was after the full-time whistle as i was leaving my thoughts were win three points that's the main thing but i couldn't help but feel that the score line actually flattered Everton, um, and I think that yeah, I agree. we shouldn't have conceded those goals. Um, I think it flattered them. Um, what do you? What was your overall take on the match? Um, I was I was pleased. I mean, we started off really well, and we controlled the game for most of the ninety minutes. So yeah, I definitely agree that the scoreline flattered um, flattered Everton. Um, I didn't like it being three two because. I mean, I was I felt comfortable during the game until towards the end because I'm still traumatised by that game when they got two two quick goals right at the end of the game and beat us 3-2. I mean, I don't know what the date was. I can't even remember if it was home or away, but I remember being very upset by that. But talking about the rest of the game, um, Harry, I, I was willing him to get his hat trick. I really wanted him to get it. And, and he wanted to get it as well. He said so in the after-match interview. Um, first goal, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Reminded me of that goal against Chelsea mm-hmm. when he kind of wiggled through a few players, made space for himself and sent a bullet, sent a bullet in. Um, but the whole team played well, um, especially Jan. I mean, I know he, he slipped, which let Lukaku score. But when I was watching it, I was thinking, you know, Harry is going to get man of the match, but if not, I would probably have voted for Yang because he, he, was, he was playing really well. Some great tackles there. 
Dyer and Yan. Um, Davis, who's been criticised recently, I think he played very well. And Walker was was brilliant. Walker is always brilliant now, isn't he? Walker was yeah, absolutely. Walker, Walker, Walker was brilliant. Incidentally, who did they? Who did? Um, do you know who who was the man of the match? Officially, was it Harry or? It was Harry. It was Harry. Harry. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that's a shame because I agree with you. I think Jan and for me Ben Davis. I think those two players were the. I, I think they they were. If I could, I would quite happily give either of them man of the match. I thought Ben Davis had a really good game. Probably yeah. Jan. Probably Jan edged it for me. Um, as you say, Dyer Walker played really well. Larice didn't have much to do. Toby was Toby. Um, well, Delhi was quiet by his standards, but he did pop up with a goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that, that's that's not so bad, is it? I mean, if a player's quiet but that scores the goals, then who cares? <laughs> the goals are the things that win the matches, you know. There was a, a moment very early on. I think it was still nil nil where Lukaku broke through. Now I was where I was sat there. It's really annoying. I was re- I was sat behind in, in, in the east end, east lower, and behind a pillar, so I couldn't. I didn't have the best of views, so I didn't see. I could see Lukaku breaking through in the box, and then suddenly the next thing I I know is um, Jan makes a I'm told a superb tackle. Um, I sort of saw the incident, and then Jan just um, won the ball and, and um, oh, it, brought, brought it forward. It was a great tackle, and and then later on Dyer made a great tackle and kind of pushed the ball out to Jan, who cleared the ball. The, the, the defence was great today. I mean, I know two goals came in. One was an accident, you know, slipping. It happens. I mean, I've, I've, I've tripped over something here and fallen straight flat down on the ground and knocked myself unconscious, to be quite honest. These things happen. Um, the, the, yeah, the defence was great. Can't, can't fault it, really. It, it's, it's funny... Um... You can't fault it. Yet, yet we still conceded two two goals. Um, there's a. I totally agree agree with you, but there's also a bit of a contradiction there. I think a bit, a bit of a paradox that we their defence was superb overall. Yet there was yeah. the, the 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 moment with Jan, and then early, and then just later on, and that was just a lapse of um, concentration with 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 their second goal right at the very end after. Delhi had made it three-one, but overall it yeah. was superb, and and it was interesting watching the back three, um, Jan in particular getting forward, really pushing up in midfield, um, providing an outlet um, for, for uh, um, Davis occasionally. Sometimes Dave, Davis would tuck in, and then Jan would 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 go out further wide um, with with Wenyama dropping back and covering if, if need be. Um, really good interchange between Davis and 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 Jan um but I also noticed that when we had to defend the the back three would drop into a perfect line and then sometimes you'd even get the full backs dropping back and you'd have a line a lovely line of five and yeah a back five so it's so it's a really good good unit um when we when we go forward we go forward in numbers when we need to defend we suddenly it becomes about five. Um, it, it, it's really looking good. We had a question from John Steggles, um, friend of the show, um, and John asks or says Ben Davis had a great um, game today. One more tackles 
um, five, he says, created more chances, four, and completed more attacking third passes, 17, apparently, than any other Spurs player today. He's gone from strength to strength. Is anyone still concerned about his filling in for Danny Rose? I'm not. I'm not concerned. I, I've. I mean, I would prefer Danny there, obviously. But you know, we as 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 a as a backup, I I think he does fine. I mean, you can't have two Danny Roses. Of course, he'd have a different name, whoever it was. But the thing is that that then, you know. You, then one's not going to be happy on the bench. No. And if you rotate them all the time, you're thinking, OK, they're both as good as each other, rotate them all the time, it's going to unsettle the defence as well. Because they'll never quite know who's... Well, they'll know who it, who it is on the on the, the left-hand side, but it'll change the dynamic week in, week out. And we don't really want that. I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy with, with Ben Davies because he doesn't... He's not, not making a fuss about about his situation either I mean some players they make a real fuss about it you know if they're, if they're subbed or they're, they're on the bench or or they're, they're, they're not playing but they're not rotating properly but he seems perfectly happy he's, he, he's, he's like a club man you know our, our players I like that they, they want what's best for the club and if it means that if it means that they're not automatically first choice then they they handle it. They deal with it. They 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 don't get throw their toys out of the pram. Absolutely. I mean, it's that old adage or that quote from Pochettino. I think very early on in in his reign when he said something like, "You're you're employed to train." Um, yeah. Or some, something along along those lines. Um, you sign you, you sign for the club to train, not to, to train. play. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Go back to last season, there was a period of time, and I think it was around about January, February, March, when we were involved in three competitions. Okay, it's, it's now gone to two. Um, and um, particularly, I think, actually, December, January, when there were lots of games, um, and he Pochettino was, was alternating the fullbacks quite a bit. And we never had an issue then with, with, with Trippier and... Um, and Davis when they came in the team. Sometimes it was it wasn't necessary that they would come in, and it would be those two playing together. Sometimes it would be, for example, Walker and Davis or yeah. Trippier and, and, and Rose. Um, and they they did a good job, and I think that was a key to our success last season because of the fullbacks provide so much energy going forward. And if you've got get lots of games um, coming thick and fast, it's sensible to, to to rest them. I think this earlier this season there was a few games that Davis was playing Trippier as well where. Um, I don't know whether they were just a bit rusty or whatever, um, or they made a few mistakes. Um, but fans got on their back. But now at the moment, for me, Ben Davis is back to never mind whether he's not as good as Danny Rose. Danny Rose's game has has come on leaps and bounds. I think many left backs yeah. would, would would struggle um, to oust um, Danny Rose from 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 the starting eleven. Um, he. Ben Davis is now playing to his potential, and 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 I think the run of games has helped. Um, yeah, I'd like I'd like Rose back, um, and I'd imagine when he's 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 fit and back, a bit like Jan last season, when when Vimmer was in the team, um, Jan pretty much came straight straight back in the team, and I, and I'm, yeah. I imagine Rose will as well, but. I don't think we're missing him at the moment. That that old question is when somebody's injured, are, are you missing them? And I don't think we are with as good as player as Danny Rose is. I don't think we're missing him. I think, for example, um, you know, 
somebody like Jan or Kane or Toby, if they were injured, we'd, we'd notice it. I don't think we are with, with Rose at the moment because Davis is coming in and he's, he's doing a good job. And I think also that it helps that he's got Jan playing there um, in that system that we employ. Um, Actually, Jan reminded me of Rose a bit today. The, when, he, when he burst through those two times, you could almost imagine Danny, Danny Rose doing that. But it was Jan, and it was great to see. I was, I was so disappointed that he didn't manage to get a goal, because he deserved one. Absolutely. Um, Harry Kane. This is what now... He's one of our own. One of our own. <laughs> um, at one point, I don't know if you heard on, 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 on the TV, but um, I think it was after the second, second goal, um, we were singing, um, he's just a one-season wonder, he's just a one-season wonder. Um, I didn't hear that being sung as such. I know. I, I, I thought they were singing. He's one of our own. Oh, they, 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 they did that as ever. But there was a brief moment where um, they were singing. Um, he's a one-season wonder. Um, it, it strikes me. It's funny that it was three years ago um, that he scored his first goal, 2014, that 2013-14 season, when Sherwood gave him the chance in, in, in the league. I think it was Sunderland, possibly, he scored against. Um, and then the following three seasons, including this, he's just maintained. Um, he, he's, well, he's, he, he had his breakthrough season the, the season after, when Pochettino took, took over, and then he's repeated the same form or, or better than it last season and, and again this season. Um, we, we talked about him on the podcast last week and... For me, as Spurs centre forwards go in recent times, he is up there. He is up there with Gary Lineker, oh, with Jurgen Klinsmann, with Teddy Sheringham, um, and he's only what twenty-three. That's um, yeah. Hopefully, he's got many more years for us. Yeah. And the thing is that he's um, he's consistent. You know what you want from your club or your players is consistency, and he's showing that he's consistent. He's definitely not a one-season wonder. Absolutely, um, I and I think that if he stays, um, if he doesn't have any injuries, and if he stays in the Premier League, preferably playing for Spurs. Um, what well, he's 23, I think he's got about 70 odd goals, maybe in the Premier League, 60 or 70. I think it's over 60. I don't know yeah. whether he hit the 70 number. Um, Alan Shearer hit 260-odd Premier League goals. Nobody's surpassed that in, in the Premier League. Or since yeah. the Premier League was formed in 1992. I, I think there is every reason why um, Harry, can't, Harry Kane can't um, surpass that. I think the nearest at the moment is Wayne Rooney. I think he's got about 190 or something um, to, to Alan Shearer's record. But I, I can see Kane, Kane being a, a regular for a long time. Um with goal that you mentioned, um, the f- first goal. I haven't. Uh, the second one I need to see again. Um, but the first one, um, you said it reminded you of the goal against Chelsea. I, I'd agree with that. But also I felt that just prior to the goal, we were moving the ball about. Uh, we were a bit pedestrian. It was sort of moving it from side to side. Didn't look like it was going anywhere. And then suddenly it came to him, and he just cut inside and turned yeah. and, and was very direct and then bang um just just what just what we needed at, at that moment in time um another question from john steggles who, who asks how many goal how many goals head start will harry kane give the league next season 
<laughs> how many? Sorry, what was that? How many? How what? many goals head start will ha- will Harry Kane head start? Yeah, I think it's a tongue in cheek. Over, I presume. Well, he does. He, yeah. he does. I mean, he waits until November anyway, Absolutely. so you know, that's fair yeah. enough. He doesn't give them goals head start. He gives them time head start. Yeah, and this season he he was even injured for it for, for for a bare bit. I mean, he's in Premier League terms, he's got to be up there with um, Aguero, Costa, those sort of players. He he's he is for me the leading mar- marksman in 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 the league. Um, it's funny I have conversa- yeah. I have conversations with, with 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 people at work about our strongest starting eleven and I don't know say Chelsea's strongest starting eleven or or Man City's and 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 quite often I go through the team and without trying to not be biased I I, it, I tend to pick a lot of Tottenham players and I go through and I think well so and so's better so and so's better we've got the best fullbacks we've got the best defenders um, some of it's uh, with some of the Arsenal fans I've got to say it, it, it's a bit amusing um, a few of them suggested that, that uh, for, for Marlon is better and Toby isn't that good which I just I don't really understand they clearly don't watch much football but there always a name of Aguero comes up and it's almost yeah. like a con- um this idea that oh well Ogura is really good and he's quick footed and this that, and that and he's really skillful, yeah Aguero is really good at being Aguero but Harry Kane as a marksman as somebody that will just get you goals quite often out of nowhere um, he's he's up there he's up there with them. Well, he has a killer instinct and that's what you need as a striker. You need a killer instinct. Yeah. And he'll, and he'll take a lot of shots as well. I mean, Jimmy Greaves said that you need to take a lot of shots. You need to miss a lot to score a lot. So, yeah, I mean, like today, I mean, he could he should have maybe should have had two more. But he didn't. But he, he tried. And, you know, you keep trying, you're going to get a few go in. Yeah, he. Um, I think there was one where he broke through second half. Um, and the... Th- People surrounding me, sort of the feeling was that he should have buried that. Um, I thought the goal, Everton goalkeeper actually did did well to, to come out of the goal and spread himself yeah. out and, and and make it difficult. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was good nonetheless. That's what now two hat tricks, another two today. That's something like eight goals in however many games. Um, he's, yeah. he's he's on top form. Um, Hugo frightened me a little bit, though, at one point when he went for that ball on the edge of his area. I was really pleased that the cock up, the goalkeeper cock up in that match was was their goalkeeper and not ours because he he did worry me. Yeah, I don't know um, if you remember that. Yeah, I did, that, that was that was one of those heart in mouth moments. Um, the result leaves us second in the table. Still leaves us second in the table. So seven points behind yeah. Chelsea. They've got a game in hand. Um, we are a point ahead of City, but they've got a game in hand, so they could overtake us. Um, I'm not sure when that game in hand is. I think it might be in the middle of the week. Um, four points ahead of Liverpool in fourth. Mind the gap, six points ahead of Arsenal, um, although they have a game in hand, and seven points ahead of United also also have a game in hand, and um, still sitting with a second best goal difference, 33 behind behind Chelsea. We've got 36. Our defence isn't the best anymore. It's 20 after those 20 against after those two that we conceded. Um, Everton, sorry, Chelsea are 19. Goal scored 53, same as Man City. 
Um, only Arsenal, Liverpool, we've got 55. Sorry, Arsenal and Chelsea have got 55 and Liverpool with 58. Um, we're sitting pretty. Um, 11 matches left. Um, we've got a good run of games. Um, um, Millwall, sorry, um, Southampton at home in a couple of weeks. And then we've got um, back-to-back away games. Swansea, uh, Burnley and Swansea and then Watford and um, Bournemouth at home, all on paper winnable matches um, before the North yeah, London Yeah, of course the problem, with, the problem with playing teams in the like the bottom half is, is that some of them are fighting for their lives, so as you say, on paper they're, they're, we should win and they're definitely winnable, but when you've got a team scrapping fighting for their lives, then they're going to be difficult yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd at home to Southampton, who don't have much to play for at the moment. They're sort of mid-table. I'd fancy us. I'd fancy us at home to Watford, who again are sort of mid-table. Bournemouth yeah. are. I I thought they were okay, but they're they've got the same points as Leicester and Swansea, so they're not. They could get sucked in. Um, that might be tricky at home to them, possibly of those three. Um, the other two, Swansea away, yeah, that could be difficult. Burnley away, Burnley have got a good good record at home this season, so that will be difficult. But um, yeah, that's that's five matches all on paper winnable, and we're in the we're, we're in the FA Cup. Um, let's talk about that game next week, uh, Millwall. Um, now I don't know a great deal about them, um, but they are six, I believe, in in League One. Um, we should beat them on paper. We should do. I mean, I want Danny Baker cry. <laughs> I, I, I listen to his podcast, the Danny Baker show, and, uh, you know, he does mention Millwall now and again. Um, he, he hates Palace because he's Millwall. But, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see I'd like to see him cry. Not because I don't like him, because I, I do like him, but just because he's a Millwall fan, you know, they should all cry. Well, I think that um, we've certainly got an opportunity there and we should on paper we should be able to beat them and if we can get to, if we can get if we can do that and then we can get to the semi-finals um which which will be at Wembley um obviously it'll be looking at some of the teams left in the competition it'll it'll be tougher by that 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 point. Yeah. but that's what you what you'd expect anyway and to to get that far and to still be where we are in the league this season all without Danny Rose and Eric Lamella um, yeah. is, is is really good. Um, question from Sam Ricketts, who asks, what is it about us that pundits just seem to hate? Um, all the talk about Lukaku before the game, um, Toby, Jan and Dyer had him in their pocket. And Harry Kane, who is virtually who had virtually no fuss made over him, scores a worldie and plays brilliantly. Well, I mean, I can understand them talking about Lukaku because they were they were billing it as kind of the battle of the strikers, weren't they? Because Lukaku and Harry, I think, were on equal goals, weren't they, as a in the Premiership? Um, and he's a good player. He's a good player. I mean, I wouldn't mind if he was at Tottenham. Um, and he's a good player, so he's always going to be a threat. He's always going to be a risk. Um, as for pundits hating us, I think. A lot of it is because most of them are from other teams, you know. And the one who isn't is Jamie Redknapp. Yeah. 
you know, I mean, I've, I want to see Mickey Hazard. I want to see Mickey Hazard on one, as one of these pundits. Him or, or Graham Roberts, because they're, they're totally spurs, you know. And the others are, uh, are biased. And it would be nice for us to have a couple of really pro Tottenham. Janus, I mean, yeah, he's good. I like watching him. He's good. He's an intelligent guy as well. He's, 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 he's good with his speaking. He's, he tries to be kind of um, impartial because they have to be. It's professionalism, yeah. isn't it? You know. But you can tell that you know that his his heart is with Tottenham when Tottenham are playing. Absolutely. I mean, I. Um, Martin, There's too many scousers and, and yeah, gooners. Yeah, that's I'm, the main thing. I don't mind. I don't mind Martin Keown. I think Martin Keown always talks sense, and and that's why I like him as well, actually. And I yeah. think that even when it comes to talking about Spurs, he's very fair um, for, for 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 a gooner. I think there there is certainly there aren't any there are, there are quite a few what I would call diehards. Liverpool um, and um, Manchester United ex-players that, that that are pundits, but there are very few die-hard Spurs ones. That um, yeah. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not a fan of 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 most of most of most of most of the pundits at the moment. But in their defence, I'm just going to say the following because I've I've been critical on previous podcasts. But I suppose maybe there is a conception amongst a lot of those pundits, many of whom played the game, whether it was you know in the last decade or the 90s or, or going back to somebody like um, Graham Souness further back in the 80s and 70s, many of whom played at a time when Spurs and and to an extent we as fans sometimes have this mindset. Um, they played at a time when they came across Spurs teams that were either poor or even when they were at their very best, they had this soft, um, soft spine, um, soft southerners, that sort of Underbelly. thing. Yeah, Underbelly. Soft, soft, soft that's underbelly. Yeah, underbelly. That's the word you're looking for. <laughs> um, and, you know, th- th- there's a perception that that they just quite haven't got it. And even amongst our own fans, sometimes we, we sort of think, like, for example, going into... To, uh, to, to today's match there was a feeling that oh this is going to be one of those games where um Liverpool sorry Arsenal have dropped points yesterday United have dropped points we've got an opportunity and we're gonna we're gonna mess it up and oh you just know it and and that's a mindset that's still there even though we know as fans that follow Tottenham week in week out that that's the Tottenham of old and we've moved on as a club yet that mindset perhaps hasn't moved on and and shifted as such because it's so deeply ingrained in in all of us um so maybe in their defense um i i i think you're right there because we're we're kind of like the surprise guests at the top table now aren't we i mean that they've been at the top of the top table they've had it their way for so long and now they have this this intruder who actually is is um is matching them now not just the bloke off the street, there's a bloke off the street who can cook, who knows his food kind of thing, you know. And uh, I think I think that that's part of it as well, because it, it was a bit clicky and we're breaking the click. Yeah, I think, yeah, that, that, that we are the, the intruder at the party. And I think that, 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 that there's an expectation that we're going to fall by the wayside, but it hasn't happened. And, and the longer that we're there, yeah, the more that they realise, actually, hold on, they're a permanent fixture. 
<laughs> and but I think I think it'll it'll come with with time. But frankly, who cares um, about what they think? As long as we continue doing our thing, then then that's the main thing. Um, in the second half of the podcast, we've got some more questions from listeners. Um, but before we get to those, here is Bex with this week's update on the Spurs ladies. Hello, it's a slightly more grown up and a little bit subdued Bex than I was last week. I was quite hyper last week, but this week is all good. So the girls play today at Chessant. They play Cardiff City ladies in um, another cup semi-final. That was the Women's FA Women's Premier League Cup final. Too many cups, too many acronyms. It confuses me. We won 3-0, so that's really good. So the girls are through to another final. As yet, I don't know when the final will be played. Next league match is next weekend. This is the rescheduled um, Charlton Athletic that was postponed when the weather was really bad um, for a frozen pitch. So that game is next Sunday, the 12th of March. That's at Sporting Club Thameshead at 2 o'clock. Should be quite a good one because Charlton are close to Spurs ladies um, and they tend to push them quite hard. Additionally, Charlton um, face Spurs in the Boo Avenue Cup final on the 5th of April. So it's likely to be quite a tense match. Goals today were from Wendy Martin, Leah Rawl and Mickey to win it. So it's nice to see that the girls are still... It's All the goals aren't coming just from one person, but they are coming um, from various players around the pitch. Skipper Jenna Skill actually also had a goal disallowed, which is a shame, but, you know, that's the way it goes. So again, because we've had um, no league matches, they're currently... Spurs ladies are currently fourth in the league, played 11, 31 points. League leaders are Charlton, who have played 14 and only have 32 points. So the girls have three games in hand and should easily pick up some points along the way. So hopefully that promotion push is still on, as well as their interest in uh, another cup. And on the subject of cups, just in case there's not enough to be chatting on about, uh, just as a heads up, the 19th of March, see Spurs ladies take on Arsenal ladies at Boreham Wood FC. That's on the 19th and that's a two o'clock kickoff. Um, that one you have to actually buy tickets for. How bizarre a concept is that? And you can buy them advance, in advance on the website. That's it for me for this week. Uh, any questions, I am on Twitter at BunchesBex or via the THF podcast. Thanks, bye-bye. Hi, welcome back to the second half of the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast. Thank you, Bex, as ever. Um, right, um, before we do some questions, Greg, it's, it's been a few weeks since you've been on the podcast. Months even, possibly. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've been really busy. I mean, the the teaching side has kind of dropped off a bit because we've had carnival over here mm-hmm. and it's like a, a big holiday and people forget to go to work and things like that. So they give up on, on their lessons for a week or so. But I've, I've also been very busy um, finishing my science, science fiction trilogy, uh, The Recon Chronicles. Um, I don't know if any, well, some of you do know that I, yeah. I write science fiction books now. And um, myself and, and uh, one of our fellow Spurs fans, Matt McGraw, give him a shout out. He's, he's been helping me. He's done a fantastic job of helping me with the editing of it. Um, now it's ready to go out into the world and hopefully earn some money. Um, if you want to know what's a, what it's about, yeah. um, I'll, I'll just give you the... The, the blurb of the first book, okay? So it's not a whole chapter or anything. Okay, so the first book is called Revelation. Um, this is, I'm just going to read the blurb now, okay? Um, 
an act of bloody vengeance on Christmas Eve 1965 proves to be the precursor to a horrific chain of events that afflicts the entire human race when, 50 years later, mankind is presented with proof that reincarnation exists. The perpetrator, a recon, one of the 5% of humanity who remember their past lives, becomes leader of the Illuminati and holds total dominion over the world. However, he's still human, and the frailty of the human body means that death is inevitable and his soul will eventually return to the cosmos, seeking yet another corporal host. If he can find some way of avoiding the randomness of reincarnation, some way to control the destination of his soul after death, he can rule the earth for eternity. A solution must be found, or the resistance movement, One Life, will destroy all that he and his kind have worked for and liberate the 95% from Illuminati tyranny. Hopefully that appeals to some of you. <laughs> it's... Uh, I could... <laughs> Sorry, go on, Greg. No, say, say what you want to say. I was just, just, just going to say, um, how, um, for listeners um, that, that, that are interested, how can one um, acquire, purchase your book? Where, where can, is it available to download as a, an e-book? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's on that. Uh, the, the first book is Revelation, second mm-hmm. book, Revolution, third book, Resolution. They're all available on Amazon.com as ebooks. Um, they're also now available as pa- uh, print-on-demand paperbacks, which is a, a new thing that Amazon have got going. Um, the good thing is that this weekend I'm doing a promotion. I'm kind of going to have a, like an official launch for it this weekend. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the first book, Revelation, will actually be free on Amazon, so you can download it for nothing. Hopefully you'll like it and buy the other two. <laughs> I can also guarantee that there are parts, especially of the first book, that will particularly appeal to fellow Spurs fans. Anyone reading the book will be in no doubt about what team I support. Excellent. Okie doke. Um, let's, let's finish off with a few questions. As ever, if you want, if you want to send us questions, um, you can do so via the Facebook, via the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast facebook page you can also um uh, get get in touch with us via twitter the twitter handle is at thf podcast um right david fornell who was uh, um at the game with me asked um we are now at the business end of the season um school reports appraisal of spurs so far please greg well i suppose in the old format we used to have effort and attainment <laughs> So effort, I think we're, we're kind of like nine out of ten, especially recently. I mean, we have had our little periods of when we haven't turned up, to be quite honest, at a couple of games. But um, for the most part, we're, we're you know, putting a lot of effort in. And even that game against Ghent, when we lost Delhi and we were down to ten men, I mean, we, we really went for it. Didn't come off, we really went for it. So effort, I would say... Nine out of ten. Attainment, difficult to say at the moment um, until the actual season's finished. But the way they're going, assuming they'll finish in the top four, maybe in the top two, I would again put nine out of ten. So I I think nine out of ten on both scores there, really. Um, Yeah, I I think that... 
I'm going to separate the the European form um, with with the with everything else. I think European form um, that that needs to be addressed. Um, that's the Champions League form in particular. I think was disappointing. The home the the two matches at home that we lost. I think that that's that really cost us. Um, and um, the Europa. Um, I think it was disappointing, but as, as I've said to the last few podcasts, I think we we we're not ready at the moment. Um, you just you've got to look at our form over a number of seasons in, in, in Europe, and for whatever reason, we're not we're not there yet. Um, everything else domestically, I think we, we've done well. Um, okay, we we went out to Liverpool um, in in the EFL, albeit we we played a weakened team. Um, FA Cup, we are in the quarterfinals. We should we should. I keep saying it beat Millwall get to the semi yeah, um, should. league form second in the table um, and that's with having Kane injured for a bit and, and Jan and Toby injured um, obviously what rose out now Lamella um, so um, domestically I would say I'd give us an 8 out of 10 I guess or, um, or if it's a school report appraisal as as David has said in his question, I would give it a B, B, B plus. Um, good, but there's there's room for improvement. But I think we're, we're now yeah. we're now in the business end of the season, um, and it's about how we finish the season. And, and notoriously, Spurs teams in, in the last few years, and also I have to I hate to say this, but Pochettino teams don't finish seasons particularly well um, for whatever reason. I don't know whether that's just because of the high intensity way that we play and and. And the training sessions, the famous training sessions that he put, puts players through and they're just tired physically at the end of the season. I'm not sure that's the case. I think last season, I think mentally we were tired towards the end. And I think there was there was a disappointment of the Chelsea match. And I think We were in a strange land last season, yeah, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not so strange this season. And at the moment, we're... We're coming into form at the right part of the season as well. So Absolutely. And I don't think we've got maybe. the same pressures this season as we did last season. Yeah. Um, you know, this time last season, we were two points... Well, we were two points um, end of February, beginning of March, before the North London derby, before the... Actually, prior to that, there was a game against West Ham, which we, we lost. Prior to that, we were two points behind... Swan, um, behind Leicester which then became five for a long long time and then seven and then five and anyway but we at that point we were we which we we were we weren't too far off Leicester um, and there was a pressure an expectation that we might win the league that's gone unfortunately that's evaporated the last few weeks particularly after the Sunderland away result and then and then Liverpool um, we're now what, seven points behind Chelsea if they win tomorrow against West Ham it'll be ten points again with, with games yeah. running out so there's now an expectation that Chelsea are going to win the league but we're we're sitting there comfortably with a few other teams um, and I think we're, we've got the experience so if we finish the season off well then hopefully an A star but let, let's let's see how that goes um Richard Healy, same question as last week. He says, "I think we need, to, I think we need more strength and depth to compete on all fronts next next year." Um, what's the panel's view on the areas we should prioritise? Um, and as a follow-up from that, similar sort of question. Zach Casnola says, "As we enter the final third, and our squad is stretched, where are the weaknesses, and are there any players you have?" 
you have seen to cover them. Zach goes on to say that um, he sees Davis more as a left-back or a left-centre-back in a free than a left-wing-back cover. Um, and he suggested Van, Ar- Van, Ar- Van, e- Van Arnold. Any better suggestions? Um, Zach also goes on to say Kane cover, still not there. Um, he hints at um, Dzeko, who's doing well in Italy. I believe Dzeko's at Roma. I'm not sure. Um, Ericsson cover, alternative, not currently available. Um, and he suggests not allowed to mention I- I- Icelanders, certain Icelanders. Yes, <laughs> very correct. Nope, don't keep banging on about the Sigurdsson drum. Um, and then he goes on to say uh, Man City allegedly preparing a 25 million bid for Dybala. Um, suggestions there to be shot at. Um, okay, well, I, I think I looked at this last in, in the pod last week. Are, are there any particular areas, Greg, that you feel that need strengthening? Uh, unfortunately, it's the Janssen situation, isn't it? I mean, the guy's not getting any chances at the moment anyway. And what, what, what was he on for today? Three, four minutes, if that? Yeah. Um, but I, 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 it's difficult because... I like like Soldado. I really want him to do well. I want him to succeed. But I think there will be better backups out there. Um, to be honest, Zeko was one of the guys that I wanted when he became available. Um, but of course, it, it never happened. Um, there's talk of there's talk of uh, Chelsea selling Batshuayi in the summer as well. Yeah, but they won't they won't sell him to us. No, I know, I know, um. I know that. I've kind of written him off since he went there anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, if, if Aguero suddenly decides to find himself getting getting uh, put to the side and, and if we win the lottery, maybe get Aguero in. I think that... Um, where do we need cover? Um I'll come to striker situation in a minute. Um, Ericsson cover. Uh, well, I think once Lamella comes back, if he ever comes back, um, I think Lamella could provide the cover for Ericsson. Certainly in the system. So do I. Yeah, certainly the system that we play at the moment. If we continue to play that system, then I think that Lamella won't necessarily walk back into the team. Um, and and that's not not a bad thing if you've got that the option of bringing on Lamella for Ericsson or, or vice versa. Yeah, um, yeah. striker is, is still the area. Um, will Janssen come good? Who knows? Um, I'm not a fan of Dzeko. Um, I don't, I've never really been a fan of him. Um, Dybala, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of Premier League players. players. Lukaku, I think I mentioned on the pod last week. Um, the lad at Southampton that's scoring goals at the mo- moment is Gabbadini. Um, yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we can poach poach Southampton. We seem to have done it in the past. Yeah, yep. Um, <laughs> Aguero, if City sold him to us, and if we could pay his wages, can't see that. Um, and perhaps he's a bit injury prone, but I, I, I would I'd take him if he was available. Um, I'd like Gareth Bale back. I know I've said it before in previous podcasts, but I'd take him back. You know, he's 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 been there for four years now he's won everything that he can win um yeah he needs to come back 
You know, just imagine how much of a better player he could be if he was playing under Pochettino. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, I'll take Gareth Bale back. Um, and haven't we got first refusal on, on him anyway? I believe so. I don't know if it's true, but I, I, I've always had that impression. Yeah. I tell you what. I think because we've we've got this special relationship with um, Real Madrid um, <laughs> that we've forged um, since was it selling Modric and anyway, um, I'm not quite sure what, what's what's been in it for us. Um, but I think that I would be Nothing. happy, more than happy. I would give them Janssen. Um, who's a young 22-year-old striker with the with his whole career ahead of him? Um, and I'd give them the answer, and they can give us bail. Seems reasonable no. to me. Fair swap to me, yeah. yeah maybe, 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 maybe we could throw in um, Soko too as well. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, buh, 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 buh. We got any more questions? Um, Final, okay, final, maybe one or two questions. Another one from John Steggles. Um, his Twitter ha- handle is at um, P-H-O-N-1-K. John asks, with nothing signed with Wembley, is there a better option for Spurs for the season away? Well, because I live in Brazil, that's not going to really affect me. So I'll try and think in terms for, for you lot over there. Um, I wouldn't have thought so, really. Because um, we, we've got to get used to playing with a larger crowd anyway, haven't we? When, yep. when our stadium opens with the 61,000. Um, I don't take any notice of this Wembley being a, a hoodoo um, stadium for us, you know. Um, I think that's just, that's just silly. I think it's just sod's law that we haven't done well this season. And next season, I'm sure we'll be having training sessions there. Our home games will be there, so I, I'm sure we can make that a fortress as well. I mean, it's, it's, I was thinking earlier on when you were talking about White Hart Lane. It's strange that this season White Hart Lane's become a fortress when it's got a bloody great hole in the corner. <laughs> that, 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 I've got to say that concerned me at the beginning of the season. I thought that's going, that's really going to be an issue. Um, you know, with, with a, not just because of the re- reduced capacity, but then from an acoustics point of view and and and. Um, if there's like a, a wind blowing, um, it hasn't been a problem. I mean, the the, the ballot system that they've introduced this season has been a problem because people are mm. all scattered all over the place. But um, well, that's been a problem to the fans, and maybe it's been a problem in terms of atmosphere. But in terms of results, um, we've, we've been doing really well. Um, uh, recently, I was talking again with the idea of Milton Keynes. Um, now, in the past, I would have just been completely against that. One, because it's where it is; it's 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 a trek to get to. Unless you live, and there are a lot of Spurs fans that that, that do live in Milton Keynes. Um, but unless you, you know, if you're living in London or, or um, sort of home counties, um, it it's going to be difficult to get to and back, and it's and it's yeah. not cheap. Um, and also, I was always against it because there's just something about Milton Keynes. It just doesn't rest easy with me. Um, the formation of that club. Um, is it Harry? Is it Harry Winks who's from Milton Keynes? Uh, Deli Ali. Deli Ali. No, I'm not from. talking about the. I'm talking oh, about from, who's actually from. I don't know. Um, possibly. Um, I'll, have, I'll got, have to Google that. Got a feeling he is. Yeah. Oh. oh. I was impressed with him today as well. I mean, it wasn't on for long, but that free kick. Yeah, that was, that was quick. We should that, was, that, that was great. That was, that was really quick. We should, quick have, we should have mentioned that because 
he saw he saw Deli Ali was going to make that run, and he just flipped it over for him, and Deli Deli buried it. It's nice that when we have a, an academy guy come on as a substitute, especially for someone like Dembele, I don't worry. Absolutely. I mean, in the old days, if Dembele went off, I would have worried. I don't yeah. worry now. Yeah, he's he's uh, I I th- I think he's he's he is the one player that's just outside that aside from okay Lamella and Rose are injured. Um, he's the one player that's just knocking on that door firmly. Um, yeah, saying I should be in there, and there's no reason. Actually, I did have a question earlier on, which I, I completely forgot to ask you when we were talking about the FA Cup, which is this: now next week against um, next week against um, uh, Millwall. Um, would you pick the same eleven? Uh, that's a good question. Who do we play the week after? Southampton. Southampton. So assuming assuming, the there, assuming there are no injuries during the week, and assuming Rose and Lamella are still not available, would you? The question that I've got is: Would you pick the same eleven that started today, or would you perhaps? I'm the lines that I'm thinking of is maybe play Winks. Ahead of um, ahead of either Wanyama or Dembele for that match, um, possibly play simply because he had a really good game against Fulham. Possibly play um, Trippier instead of Walker, and that's not a reflection on 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 Walker necessarily, but just but that they're the only changes, if if, if any, that I'd, I'd consider making. Maybe one or two, if that. I'd be I'd be tempted to keep it the same. But yeah, as you say, it, it's Millwall, and if if we play Trippier, we're not disrespecting them. And if we play Winks instead of Dembele, maybe, and then bring Dembele on afterwards. Although I I think this dynamic of Dembele starts the game and then Winks comes on take over, I think that works quite well. Yeah, yeah. But I, I I definitely think it might. Yeah, I think it might well be a game for for Trippier because he doesn't worry me either. I mean, he's he's, he's a great cross of the ball. Um, and it would give Walker a bit of a rest. As lo- but I'd, for the following game, I'd, I'd come back full strength for Southampton, you know. Yeah. Um, just on, back on the question, um, I, I, I talked with, with, recently with the idea of Milton Keynes because oh, I, I, said I wasn't, wasn't a fan of it originally. I'm still not. But um, it's a nice stadium, 30,000. Um, I've never been there, but it, looking at it on TV, it looks like a good stadium. And... Um, would wouldn't be too dissimilar in size from White Hart Lane at the moment. Um, having said all of that, I, I think the Wembley thing is happening, and I think the fact that we've played a few Champions League matches there. Forget how we did. Forget the Champions League form. Forget the fact that um, we lost those two matches. We, we might have lost those two matches anyway had it been at um, White Hart Lane. Um, yeah. If you look at the overall picture, if we are playing there next season, then perhaps those games and, dare I say, a semi-final and a, and a final in the FA Cup will be good um, practice, if that's the right word. Um, will provide a good grounding for us for, I, I, for the next I, season. I agree. It would be a good, good rehearsal. Good rehearsal for playing in a, in a bigger stadium. Because, I, I mean, I know at Wembley they don't fill it for safety reasons, etc., I suppose, or something like that. But the actual building, the actual construction is is large, isn't it? So, and the new stadium's going to be pretty damn big. Yeah. So they'll they'll kind of 
get used to or get used to the actual dimensions of the construction. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think Wembley will it will <laughs> at the beginning of the beginning of the, beginning of the podcast this earlier this season. Um, it it will become it will have to become a home from home, and we'll we'll have yeah. to get our heads around it and. The, the only other alternative is to bring it over here to the Fontanova Stadium in Salvador, where well, I live, because it, <laughs> it's, it's an absolutely beautiful stadium. <laughs> it's, it's about 58,000 or something like that. It's a World Cup stadium. Loads of goals there when I went to the World Cup two years ago. Loads of goals. Um, oh, God, I sound like Trump saying loads of goals. Sorry yeah. about that. It's in one of... Uh, one of Tim Vickery's favourite stadiums in the world. He's a Tottenham fan. He could come and see Spurs more often. I could come and see Spurs more often. But it wouldn't be much good to you lot. Let's all go to Brazil. What a, what a great idea. Um, yeah. Right, on, on that note, actually, um, final thing I, I should finish off the pod with. Um, I've got a little bit of a trivia question for any listeners. Um, so um, the question is, um, name the only three players who have scored 20 Premier League goals in three consecutive seasons Kane is on the verge of doing it at the age of 23 can you name the other three players so um, if anybody um, knows the answer to that question um, uh, get in touch with us um, you can do so as I said via um, my Twitter the Twitter handle is at THF podcast or, or you can contact us via the Facebook page which is the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast Facebook page page if you already follow it then you can just message us if you don't follow it then um i would suggest you get on facebook and follow the page and um let us know your answers um to that question right great can, can, can i just say one final thing i yep. forgot to say about about my books tonight. if anybody's interested in finding out about my books what they're about and that kind of stuff if they go to my website which is www obviously gregory n taylor that's all one word www.gregoryntaylor.com they can find out um, things about the, the the books they can read my blog um, they can also go directly from there to Amazon if they want to actually spend some money <laughs> what's your and, and what's your um, Twitter handle by the way Greg should anybody want to contact it's you by? at it's at sci-fi underscore writer excellent cool okay right and on that note thank you Greg um, as ever. Thank you, Jabba. It's been good. Um, and as ever, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Good night. Through thick and thin and all those boring nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out over her.